Hello and welcome to Men in Progress, the podcast of the United Methodist Men of Treach here in Flower Mound, Texas. This is part of the Life Plus God podcast series from Treach Memorial, United Methodist Church, and you're listening to episode 25 from the men's group here at Treach, the first podcast of our third year, believe it or not. I'm your host, Dave Casey, and as we look ahead to 2024, we find our country in a little bit of turmoil, really. Uh, we're divided politically, culturally, and sadly, we even seem to be separated somewhat spiritually. If you look at statistics, the number of Americans who go to church, who profess to be Christian, who are really even spiritual, continues to go down year after year. Clearly, there are a number of factors that have caused these drops, but it would be disingenuous if we as Christians didn't step up and own some of these reasons. In this episode of Men in Progress, we're going to take an honest look at some of the places where we've come up short as Christians, how some of our behaviors can feel pretty toxic, and what we might be able to do to turn things around. Our topic today, when religion gets in the way of faith. Well, joining me to discuss this are three of the brightest guys I know who won't be bashful with their opinions, Art West, Greg Wright, and Mike Sherwood. Welcome to Men in Progress. Thanks, Dave. It's great to be here. Evening, Dave. All righty. Evening, Dave. So I think before we dive into the discussion of religious versus faith, religion versus faith, we should probably differentiate between the two. So Dart, I'm going to start with you, and I'd love to get everyone's thoughts. So in your mind, how do you separate religion and faith? Faith is faith and belief in something. It has nothing to do with any human organizational thing. It's an individual thing. I have faith in God. I have faith in someone. Religion is a man-made institution. And, and that may be a hint for what I think is wrong with religion, religion and why and it may be a problem. <laughs> All righty. Mike Sherwood, I, I think you have an opinion on this. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that uh, much like Dart said, religion is a process, a process of bringing people together to accomplish something. Uh, hopefully it's uh, glorifying God. But in that process of bringing people together, it takes people who, I, th I believe everyone believes differently from everyone else. If, if you dig deep enough, there are n no two people who believe exactly the same. Yeah, so faith isn't just faith. There's, there's variations on a theme, and probably the same with religion. Exactly. Yeah. And so what religion does is try and gather those people together for a common goal, hopefully a good goal, yeah. but God's glory, but... But sometimes it doesn't seem to work that yep. way. Greg, have you thought about this? Or yeah, yeah. First of all, faith. I believe in a higher power, a, you know, a supreme being, somebody who's started it all, watching it all, trying to balance good and evil. Uh, I see the different religions almost like verticals in a business organization. Sometimes they're aligned. Sometimes they're opposed. Uh, different rules and different accountabilities. You know, different report structures, if you would. Sure. Sure. And I'll reserve my opinion for a little while, but I'm going to uh, consult our old buddy, uh, Daniel Webster. It says, religion is a personal set or institutional system of religious attitudes, beliefs, and practices. The service and worship of God, or the supernatural, or a cause, a principle, a system of beliefs held to with ardor and faith. Because we can have talked about somebody super religious or you know, very religious about something. Faith, on the other hand, is defined as a belief and trust in loyalty to God or a firm belief in for something that there is no proof. 
So we always say taking it on faith. There is no proof, but I have faith. So I'm sure that clears it up for you guys. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm totally, I'm, we, we could probably just end, I, I end was right thinking we just leave. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm yeah, good now, yeah. Dave. Thanks. Way to go. But believe it or not, I have another question. So let me ask it this way. It seems, at least to me, that religion really gets caught up in the rules, and what you should and shouldn't do, and the punishment for breaking those rules, and, you know, how you're supposed to believe, where faith is more about belief. You know, particularly, the definition points out where there is no proof. So, Dart, do you agree with that interpretation? Mostly, mostly. Uh, I mean, uh, faith is the belief in things not seen, right? Uh, I believe in that. And religion being a man-made way to organize and group and gather. And you do need a set of rules for any group that you belong to. Yeah. Well, you're an engineer, so uh, that's why. I I like rules. I would expect nothing less than a set of rules from you. So Mike's not an engineer. So, Mike, how do you feel that, that... those two definitions and how they fit together. Well, I guess uh, I would say that the religion, really, as I, I mentioned earlier, it has to do with moving people in a common goal. In order to move people, um, sometimes you trample, and I, I use that word lightly, I hope, but on the fringes of a person's uh, faith or belief in order to to move them all in a common direction. When you move an army, everyone does in that army doesn't want to go in the same direction. Right. But they have to in order to accomplish that goal. Yeah, and you've got a lot of training involved in that to right. make that make that happen. Um, and I guess from what you're saying though, that there's a um, the way faith you may have faith and be member of a religious group you may not agree on 100% of whatever that group represents. Is that a fair statement? That's a fair statement. Yeah, yeah from what you yeah. say. So, Greg, what, how about you? Any? Well, I, I certainly like Mike's analogy with, with an army. You, you've got direction. You've got cadence. You know, it, you've got timing. Uh, you've got rules to live by. You've got consequences when you don't follow the rules. Um Again, I yeah. It sounds certainly. like the Old Testament. <laughs> yeah, and 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 quite honestly, in in the last two years, you know, being a member of the Treach family, yeah. we've studied a lot of the, the Old Testament more than I had in my prior life. Yeah. And you know, when you see it, and you know, just when different books were written, it seemed that there was something going on historically, uh, in in the Jewish history that needed to be addressed. So, you know, the, these things occurred. They, when they needed rules, they, they got judges. When, you know, uh, or Leviticus. Yes, and, and, when, and when they needed to feel uplifted, they got psalms. Several religions, you know, whether you're Baptist, can't have a beer. Whether you're Methodist, which is kind of Baptist, but you can have the beer. Uh, you know, I've, I've got a lot of friends who are Jewish. I grew up in St. Louis where it's hard to throw a rock without hitting a Catholic. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and when you're a teenager, one day I might be dating a Jewish girl and, and understanding— that even though I'm not part of that religion, there are rules that I'm made aware of you bet. from yeah. the jumping off point. Sure. So, and, and I think of it in terms of when we think of all the different religions, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Christianity and kind of how that fits into this discussion. But I would say most of the other religions that I know about, and I'm certainly not a religious expert on anything, but many of them are kind of organized around people working their way to God. Okay. And Christianity is a little bit different in that it's God reaching out to us. And so it's almost like the prodigal son, 
you know, the, the father runs to the son. That's really the image of, you know, God is pursuing us in our, in our estimation. We, he's already taking care of our salvation. We just have to accept that and things like that. And I think most of the other world religions have a little bit different approach to that. Um, and I'll let Dart opine on that since I know he has some philosophy background and has studied some of this. Well, I mean, fundamental thing about Christianity is grace. I mean, Correct. That, that's what you're talking we're, about. We're extended grace. We, we, are, we are extended grace, and we cannot lose our salvation by our actions or gain our salvation by right. our actions. No earning your way. Which is very difficult for humans to accept. Yeah. That, and, it is, and, it, and it is very different from most religions. And, yeah. and many, many people, many, many other people in, within the Christian faith will argue that that's not true. Yeah. That's called uh, easy grace or free grace. Yep, yep. Yeah, there's that concept of free grace. Yep. And uh, so when people think of Christians, do you think they, they associate us more with religion or with faith? I think that most people, okay, you're talking church people or unchurched people? Well, you know, people, let's say that somebody is not a Christian thinking of a Christian. Then I would say they, they probably don't differentiate between the two, but to criticize religion and probably admire faith without really knowing that they're seeing it two yeah. different things. Yeah. I think we all know a lot of people that say, well, I'm very, um, I'm, I have faith and I'm, you know, I've, I've, I believe in God and all that, but I just don't, you know, I'm not going with this organized religion thing. I'm spiritual. Yeah. We spiritual. call it spiritual. So Mike, have you, what's your take on that? You know, I, it's interesting to me. I, I mentioned trample earlier on, on what yeah. religion does is it, kind of tramples on the edges of our faith. And I think that when people look at us as Christians, what they're looking at is how we trample on ourselves and more often on their, on their actions. Right now, the big thing is church, and one of the big things is church and school. Is it, should we be saying prayers? Should we not be saying prayers? And if right. I was if I was a Jew, I'd be saying they're trampling on my but right. Hey. You want to say a prayer and that... And I don't recognize that person as, as um, a deity. So um, I think that when we hear about how the world perceives Christians, I think mostly they're looking at where we have superimposed our belief system on other people. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of part of my next question, and I'll, I'll throw this one at Greg. <laughs> so, so based on it, do, do, you, do you think that sometimes we— um, people of faith take on this holier than thou mindset, you know, that, uh, or where does that fit in? Well, it, it, there's far too many examples of folks who have taken on that holier than thou mindset. So, so there's just far too many of them out there. Yeah, um, yeah. um, it's, it's hard in the course of being a human being to not espouse your own virtues and chastise folks for their lack of them. Uh, it's just, you know, kind of a natural, you know, I don't want to say competitive, but yeah, we're called not to judge, but it's real hard. Not yeah, to judge. yeah. 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 We're, we're the judgiest non-judgmental people around. So, um, <laughs> good term. I'm going to remember that one. Yeah. Um, uh, somebody used a term the other day on me curmudgeonly, which I thought was interesting. I didn't oh. think I was old enough to earn that. Oh but, yeah. There's a lot around the table here that got that going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, it's, it, it's hard not to get sucked up into that. I, you know, I, um, I've got a younger brother who's very liberal and he's very quick 
to point out holes in my armor, you know, false faith, things like that. But yet he's the product of a Jesuit education as a Methodist and then turns around and starts bashing organized religion it you know it at the drop of a hat um and it's it's baffling to Did me he get straight a's and that just went up he, he he had a lot of what some folks would consider white privilege yeah. as a result of that education yeah. and then turns and you know denigrates it so yeah. it, it's it's been rather it's always leads to some very interesting oh, yeah. conversations i want to go to thanksgiving at your house yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're all in on that so our podcast for march uh coming up is is all about hypocrisy and, and uh, it's damage it's doing to the church. A good thing we're not going to talk about that here. No, no, but we'll do a couple, maybe just a little bit of lead in here. So do you think hypocrisy is just missing the whole point of faith and leaning into the religion side of things? What do you think, Darth? I do a lot of thinking about things about being hypocritical. Uh, Alyssa Robinson had a podcast yeah. recently and talking about that. And, and she was wondering, why, the question was, why is so much hypocrisy in the church? Yeah. And, I, and I thought, well, where else would it be? <laughs> I mean, the definition of hypocrisy is saying you believe one thing and doing another. Right. If you don't say, you, or if you don't espouse any values, no matter how you behave, you're not a hypocrite. Correct, yeah. There's here, a safe place there. <laughs> yeah, here as Christians, we have a public, we publicly announce a set of values and actions that we hold ourselves to. Yeah. And we go find a Christian who says they meet that, and I'll tell you that's somebody lying. Yeah. So yeah. we are all hypocrites all the time within our within our sanctification process until we are with God and become part of that. So if we're doing it right, you know, once we make the statement, we should follow it with, but full disclosure, I haven't done that, or exactly. I don't do that, or I should do that, you know. I think what most people really mean when they say hypocrites is when people judge you for an activity as being guilty of something, but they do it themselves. Sure. I mean, first thing say, I'm not a Christian, so it doesn't count. Yeah, there you go. That's it. <laughs> so, so this is kind of tied to that, Mike, is another good way to look at this. So can you think of times when you've seen hypocrisy clashing with faith? Not so much. Oh, you mean in other religion. people? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, well, that, yeah, oh, okay. that's probably, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd hate to hold a mirror up here. Anyway. Yeah, I think actually hypocrisy strengthens faith in me um, when I self-reflect. Correct. But I think reflection isn't happening as often as it needs to. Yeah. So I think hypocrisy actually is a is a critical step in my sanctification, and it's even more striking when someone else points it out rather than me finding it. <laughs> Uh, well, it just saves you time, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'll, I'll let you know. As soon as I see something, I'll let you know. But yeah, and if you look at some of the great um, authors, Christian authors over the years. Um, uh, Charles Schultz. Char- Charles Schultz is a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. St. Paul, Minnesota. But what they, they spend a lot of time talking about that self-reflection. I mean, that's an important part of, I think, uh, of being a Christian, going through that. Greg, do you, do you have, can you think of a time... Uh, when you, in your own thoughts and things, you've been, you look back and said, I was pretty hypocritical. Well, yeah, today. I mean, I, I've got two teens and I'm constantly trying to nudge and bump and, and prod them to not do things that I knowingly do. I, I yeah. mean, I've got yeah. one who's taking driving lessons. I drive aggressively. Yeah. 
And then I try to, you know, point out the things he shouldn't be doing. So, now, are you, you know, doing this, the self, where you teach him or have you sent him to no, drive it, school? No, at a driving school. Oh, and, probably, and probably a wise move. And, you know, <laughs> certainly, you know, there's various stories of, you know, different behaviors, you know, that, that I exhibited as a teen that, sure. you know, I, I try not, that I don't want to see my kids do, but certainly, yeah, I, I did it. It was, yeah. you know, and I, and I assuaged myself with, oh, it was a different time. Yeah. Not really. It's yeah. it's the same standard, and I think that's yeah. happened generation to generation since generations began. Well, <laughs> so. yeah. I, I mean, I, I heard myself saying stuff to my teens the other yeah. day that, quite honestly, I know that I heard my dad com- making the same complaints to my mom about me and my brothers, yeah. and I remember my dad stopping when he was talking to my mom, saying, "Oh my God, my dad used to say the same thing to my mom." So yeah, it's it's it's. It's a routine that we have to go through. We, I think part of the hypocrisy is that it's almost needed to help our kids be better people than we are. Yeah. Well, I, and they're pretty quick to point out if we're hypocritical about anything. Well, I said hypocrisy could be self-healing for us as Christians. There's a requirement in that process, and that's that we acknowledge that hypocrisy. Right. And... Hopefully someone, one of our Christian brothers will help us that. But boy, it sure seems like we give people an awful lot of room right now to stay in the tribes, Yeah, which is what a religion is. A religion's a tribe. Sure. To, to maintain that strength in numbers in our tribe, we grant people an awful lot of leeway. So it's interesting to me, and in, in how do we get to this place where people who are not Christian— and you'd think they would struggle with the same hypocritical thoughts, somehow characterize Christians as being more hypocritical, thinking they're perfect, or looking down their noses because they're, they're people of faith. So, Mike, you know, do you think these behaviors are really so prevalent among Christians that it's actually the truth and not really a stereotype? No. Well, that's good. That answers that. <laughs> no. I, I think that we all act the way that we act. And yeah. I, I don't think that I'm any more, any less hypocritical than anyone else. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that the benefit of, of my job, I work alone. I have a lot of alone time, so I have a lot of thought time. So it gives me a, maybe a better understanding of me than someone who might not have that much yeah. time. But I don't think that we are any better, because I think that there are values, human values, that that bring value to the to the society, whether we're Christians or not. Sure, the Jews have a great history. The Muslims, so whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, to the extent that we show God, whoever that God is to the people, is the extent that we're we're seen yeah. as hypocritical. So, you know, what you're, I think what you're saying is, regardless of what people's perception is, um, the way we turn the tide is we just we just be ourselves, and we, you know. We try to do the right thing. Yeah. There are always going to be people that criticize Christianity and say that we're hypocritical. It's just a matter of, you know, how do we react to that? Do we, do we jump up in their face or do we just say, you know, we'll just keep doing what we're doing and just keep judging us and see what you think over time. So now we're going to go, let's go back to religion since we, we kind of really went all over hypocrisy. So what role should religion pay, play in faith? Um, does it, you know, is it how we worship and how we express our faith? Does that matter? Greg, what do you think on that? Oh, yeah, certainly it matters. Um, people are raised or, you know, even from childhood, there's certain standards that you know, your parents pass on to you, your relatives and so forth. So so there's a comfort level 
some people are more comfortable, you know, with a church that might be more animated, more music. You know, some folks are more comfortable in, in you know, the more traditional uh, types of religions where there's, there's a very rigid uh, calendar for how the services go. And, and I think people need to have those choices. Uh, you know, I don't think you need an infinite number of choices because then <laughs> you, you won't have any group large enough to, to sustain anything. And, you know, it kind of goes back to, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, Catholics and Jews and, you know, there, there's some similarities, but there's still differences sure. as well. Uh, as my father used to always say, exactly alike, only different. Um, so, yeah, and, and, I, and I think there's a reason for it and I think there's a need for it. I, I don't think I'm all that old, but I've seen some religions fade and I've even seen new ones come along, yeah. you know. Um, and again, it's, you know, what some folks are comfortable with. Dart, what's your opinion on that? Is it is is doctrine important? I mean, is there a reason to have it, and how does it intermingle with your faith? I think it is important to have it, but I think most people misunderstand it, and of course, I think I do. Right? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm the humblest one here, uh, but the, it's that to me, religion or or the church, I, I use those inter- interchangeably sometimes is something I need for me to maintain my faith. Left alone to my own devices, I will seek the ditch. Yeah, I, I, so just, I have a history. It's a that. support system for your faith. I need yeah. it for me to, to stay on the path of, of steadily improving, yep. to, to try to follow my Savior's desires for me to be like him. Right? And, that's, so, and also, you know, if I want to serve and get something done, it's better in a group. It is, you know, I enjoy the fellowship. I enjoy the, the social aspects of it and the friends that I know here. So for me, you know, I, I'll be one of, the, one of the first ones to criticize church, religion, and all that kind of thing because, you know, I, I don't like organizations in general. <laughs> uh, but but I, I also know that I need it. I need it. Yeah, yeah I think there's, there's a lot of aspects to that, that, that uh, it is a support system. So, Mike, if we if we really are focused more on faith rather than on religion, do you think we might focus a little less on who we welcome to the church and just welcome everyone that wants to come and worship? Well, I think that maybe I wouldn't agree with your predicate that okay. we focus more on faith than religion because religion for me, one, I self-select my religion. So I could be a Baptist or a Hindu or a whatever, atheist or Jew. Um, and two, I find comfort in religion that I don't find in my own personal faith journey. So when you say comfort, you mean like a, just a support system? Or I do. I mean more than or? that. I, I, I mean tribal comfort. I mean yeah. I'm around people that I have selected to be, to help me reach where I want to go. Well, connection. Connection is a good word, too. Yeah, because that's, I mean, we have, on purpose, our, our public gathering area in the church is called the Connection Center. You know? and, and I guess a third thing about this is that you can call me whatever you want, but I still say Holy Ghost instead of Holy Spirit. Things from my 70 years ago life, I was raised in the church, sure. so those things give me comfort and there are some parts of the of the church that the prayers of the church that for a long time I wouldn't say. For instance, I wouldn't say in the, uh, in the Apostles' Creed. Yeah. Okay. Risen from the risen dead. From, yeah. Body, body risen from 
Yeah. Body risen from the because dead. I didn't believe it. Right. Right. I didn't believe that my physical body would be raised for, I, I had to intellectually um, work that around for myself so that I, that I could find comfort in that, in that part. So that's yeah. the religion part. Yeah. Yeah. And the faith part is, how does my faith, how do I work my faith without compromising too much in order to gain the strength, those strengths that religion offers me? That's a great way to look at it, I think. Um, so, Greg, as, as Christians in different denominations, and, and this gets back to your you know, upbringing and, and just a wide variety of, of different denominations that you dealt with, we argue a lot about the rules and how to worship. Um, what are the non-negotiables for you as far as worship and kind of the worship experience, I guess? I, I would have told you two years ago there would have been a finite set of non-negotiables, but I, I will say that the Treach experience has actually kind of, you know, whittled that down. It's diluted it uh, because much like, you know, the United Methodist Church has doctrine, Treach does it a little differently. Uh, you know, I was part of a United Methodist Church in Richmond, Texas, and it was a very different program there, different feeling, different vibe. Uh, I've lived all over the country, East Coast, West Coast, uh, Methodist Church, Christian churches, non-denominational churches. Um, so I, I would say right now, I, no, I don't have a fixed set. I lean more towards contemporary because in my house with teens, music is a very big thing in the house. Yeah. Uh, they've always got it playing. I, I think that as a father in modern times, the fact that my kids are playing contemporary Christian music in the house versus some, some other less desirable music uh, is, is a plus. Yeah, you, it's a big win. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah I'll, t- I'll take the win because yeah. uh, I, I take the L a lot on different things. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, you know, I wanted to be part of a an organization, a a group that we had some very we we were we were giving, you know, because we live in a very selfish time, yeah, and it's very easy to be selfish, and that's you know kind of one of the things I've got to watch very quickly and uh, and and constantly. Um, and Treach really focuses on giving back to the community. There's always something to to be doing and to be giving, and when I am weak. I have surrounded myself with people who will pick up the phone, who will text me, who sure. will talk to me, who will seek me out. So I haven't seen you at this in a couple of months. We need you out here. Yep. yep. Okay. And and I, I'm not against somebody shaming me into action. Yeah. You know, it's it's not necessarily a bad thing. No, no. That's good accountability. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So this last question, I'll give everybody a shot at this one. Um and it just kind of is uh, kind of fulfills kind of some of the things we've been talking about. So, as we look to be more invitational at Treach, and and you're the, probably the newest member at this table anyway, and maybe you can have a start with you on this aspect of this, Greg. So, what are the one or two things that you think each of us should do to be more inclusive and more welcoming to those we don't know? Because every Sunday we we walk past people we don't know. Well, it, so, you know, in the military, we always had the phrase, embrace the suck. When when the things that you don't like to do are the things that you have to be best at because yeah. that gets you past the bad times. I have always found it difficult to even a neighbor, a stranger to say, why don't you join me at church? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I will, I will say sometimes I've lived in communities where people were very unlike me. 
physically, you know, religiously, whatever. So to reach out like that, it's, it's, it's a vulnerability that I'm I'm very uncomfortable with, but I've started to do it. I've got a neighbor that literally on Saturday doesn't come outside because he knows if I see him, (laughs) I'm going to talk. He knows when the third Saturday of the month is coming up because he knows that week I'm going to talk to him about the men's breakfast. Um, you just start hitting him up on Wednesdays. Yeah, I got, I got, I got, yeah, I got to hit him up <laughs> earlier. But uh, yeah, so you know, those are the things that, you know, again, doing the things that are uncomfortable. You know, I, I, it's very easy for me to get out and do work. Yeah, it's hard for me to communicate to people about feelings and emotions. Sure. Wasn't raised in that household. Well, there's always that. You know, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. You know, just kind of. You know, trying to coerce somebody. Yeah, to to I, I I cry yeah. watching Hallmark movies, but I, I that's where I why I like to leave it. <laughs> Dark, can you think of a couple things we can do to be more invitational? I think being authentic is just key, and 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 I think that you know when whenever we try to do things that don't feel authentic to us, it's very likely to fail. So. I was talking to somebody the other day about this of like, if, if I knew of a diet that worked without me having to change anything about what I eat, I get to eat whatever I want, drink what I want and still lose weight. I would tell everyone I knew. And if, if coming to treats was that diet, we would be overwhelmed with it. Okay. So why is it that something that most of us feel is life changing and eternity changing for us, we are uncomfortable talking about. Yeah. Uh, this is something I think we all need to work on is why do we come to church? Why are we Christians? And and think about it and be ready when somebody says, Dave, what the heck are you spending all this time yeah. and your money? You have a weird hobby. Yeah, and, is- <laughs> and, and you need to be able to, as we used to call it, give your elevator pitch, yeah. yep. which is, this is why my life is better because I'm a Christian. 30 seconds or less. That's it. Every word counts. E- every word counts. <laughs> and, and I think we that's something that we should all f- yeah. focus on internalizing for ourselves that story. So and, when the opportunity arises, you're ready. It, yeah. And it's not standing on a soapbox and screaming at people they're going to hell. Yeah just makes me irritated it's marginally effective yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. well it, it makes me want to stop and make them cry and or at least and, kick the yeah, box yeah, out from under right yeah. exactly so yeah. the, when i was going to unt there was always guys at the edge of the campus you know waving signs about yeah. that but yeah. but so i think that's the one thing i can think of is and and try to act like you're a christian when you're not at church if you got that fish on your bumper don't drive like a jerk you know come on try Try to be kind and nice to people. That's why I got a bare bumper. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know if I should have left Mike for last, but we're gonna we're gonna quiz him on this. How do we? How are we? Can be more invitational. I'm gonna turn it sideways and say that for me, we've got people sitting in our pews every week that go to church, get ignored, and walk away. Yeah. It would be nice if we just if we just uh, talk to the people in the pews. Yeah. And and I really honestly I that's something that I do. And so um it's easy for me to give that answer because I'm yeah, comfortable Mark, with I, it. I've gotten complaints. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, you know, if you're in sales, you always go you go where the prospects are. Yeah. And if they're already in a pew, 
I mean, they're, they're, they're halfway there, at least. And, and the next step of it is, there's an old saying that no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. So if I just, if I stand on that soapbox and yell at people, and I don't care about them, they don't care about anything else. Yep. Yep. And so yeah. the first step Amen. has to be building that relationship with a person and then being, then inviting them to church. And, and if we start the other way around, it just ain't going to happen. That, yeah. That's yeah. a recipe for failure. Yep. Yep. Excellent. Boy, I well, mean, if, if I've I, got a, I've got a guidebook now on how to be more invitational. Just Dave, if I, I just want to chime in yeah. real quick, because I believe in every service we have that moment where the pastor and, invites everybody to you know welcome somebody else in the crowd and it's amazing i have tried each sunday to go further and further yeah, to yeah. the next pew and the next pew to where i've kind of locked in when i see people lowering their eyes basically not wanting to interact that's a magnet for me now. oh yeah go get them <laughs> and yeah and and but in doing so, and, and I think this touches on a couple of the last few points, you're inviting conflict. And I, and I don't mean that in the bad way. I mean, I know, yeah, obviously, there's folks here with some sales experience. You want that conflict. You want that opportunity to open yourself up to engage people who are going to push back, not yeah. make it easy. And yeah. it's it's like when you invite somebody to come to the church, you put yourself at risk for them to say, well, what makes you think I don't go to church? Yeah. You know, do, do I not appear that way? Well, yeah. okay, that could be conflict. Well, wording is important. So, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and you can log into Facebook and see one or more Karens going off about one thing or another, yeah. but you're opening yourself up to that. Just tell them uh, to come to church. We have our own Karen. Yeah. yeah. Leads worship down. So, yeah, so yeah. I, I I do like the fact that at Treach, they still yeah. you know, open that up, that, that moment for conflict, but in a good way, not yeah. the yeah. throwing punches. Way. Well, it is important, I think. We, we tend to sit, you know, the same place with the same people all the time and and uh i think that a conscious effort on our part to to as as mike says just let's go meet some of the people that we're that we're uh worshiping with that we don't know so one thing before you close that we haven't talked about and i'm surprised that that we haven't is that if we have a problem with religion we're in really good company yeah yeah jesus was the the one of the original religion haters that was that lit his torch like nothing else yep and about people using religion in the wrong way interpreting it wrong doing it wrong all of his real strong reactions were not against the romans they were reserved for the pharisees yeah the sadducees yeah so he 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 didn't you know in anything that i've ever found in the bible he didn't break any written you know rules government rules at all you know, he did upset the, those in power in the religious infrastructure for sure. Uh, yeah. I really feel like I'm in good company. Yeah. Yeah. Mike. Yeah. I just, one last thing is I found it easier to invite someone to my Sunday school class yeah. than to invite them to church Yeah, because the Sunday school is an, is a safer and, and smaller environment. So it, it's easier for them to, involve themselves into Sunday school and then be invited into yeah, church. There's that. And in this church does not uh, have any lack of programming for inviting people to events that it take place here and so on, whether it's concerts or whatever. So there's some kind of non confrontational type things you can invite folks to here as well. And all the different outreach programs that we have are pretty cool as well. Well, and Dart, I'm, I'm 
thrilled that you kind of took us down that path, though, because I, I, I found that in, in some of the teachings from Sunday school was that when the disciples were kind of at their peak and they're getting ready to go on tour, yeah. you know, they didn't go where they were already famous. Jesus said, no, 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 we're going to go where the message is going to cre- is going to create the, the greatest amount of conflict. Yep. You know, in fact, get ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get ready for that trip. Well, super. This has been a great conversation and uh, uh, love the way you guys drew all this together. Thanks so much for uh, for chiming in with this. This is this is a tough, uh, I think, a tough subject to tackle. And I think we picked the right three guys to sit here and do it. Thanks for having us. Yeah. My pleasure. Thanks, David. All right. So there you have it, episode 25 of Men in Progress. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and that you'll join us again in February when our topic will be Love Wins, a very special discussion with the leaders of three female-led nonprofits right here in Flower Mound. Thank you again to Dart West, Greg Wright, and Mike Sherwood for joining me on this episode of Men in Progress. Thanks to all of you for listening to Men in Progress from Treach Memorial United Methodist Church here in Flower Mound, Texas. I'm Dave Casey. We'll see you next time. This episode of the Men in Progress podcast is sponsored by Treach Memorial United Methodist Church, where our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're in or near Flower Mound, Texas on any Sunday morning, we would love to welcome you to any of the Treach services. Or you can follow our services anytime on our Facebook page or at tmumc.org.